we're live. Hi, and welcome to Gay Out the City. I'm your host, Prince Electro Diamond, and today I am here with pole dancer, model, and dance teacher, Andrew Alvandaro, who's has a pole music video dropping this week and has a pole competition that is happening in November. How are you doing today, sexy? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm good. Good. Great. Yeah, I love positive vibes. I love when people Absolutely. are excited to come here. You got to live by positive vibes. That's how you get through. Work. So where are you originally from? I was born in Winchester, Massachusetts, which is like just outside of Boston. And um, kind of grew up half in Boston, half in Southern New Hampshire. But like when I say New Hampshire, I don't mean like with the cows in the mountains. I mean like right across the border from Mass. So it's like, you know, right on the Mass border. But I kind of grew up, grew up all over. Yeah. I mean, I kind of know that area a little bit because my dad's originally from Massachusetts. So like. Oh, cool. Where is he from? He's from Greenfield. Is that Western? Yeah, that's Western. That's kind of like near Hartford a little bit. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 That's like southwestern, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Why? Where are you originally from? I am originally from Florida. I was. I'm actually. I live in my hometown now. Look, um, I'm, <laughs> I'm living at home, which is never fun. Um, yeah, we've all been there. That was that was me. You know, COVID hit. I like drained my savings from rent and like lost my job. I had to move back in with my mom during COVID, and now I'm I'm. I've been out, like I've been back out from living at home for a few years, but that was, that was not fun for the lockdown. Well, I mean, I love my mom. I love my mom. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Shout out to, shout out to Judy. We love her, but you know, I like her. Um, and I think she'd say the same for me. We like each other in, you know, small increments. <laughs> yeah. And plus like when you're living at home in your, in my case, dudes, in your case, dudes and women, it's hard to bring people home when you live in a home. Like, yeah. yeah yeah i will say i will give her a lot of credit though she did because you know during covid it was yeah. locked i was still having to teach poll online and i still had to train and I, I will give her credit she did let me turn her entire living room into literally a strip club like i put my pole up in the living room and like you know scooted her bible aside and like you know <laughs> for real, for real. as i was setting up the poll i was like mom what do you want me to do with like the bible over here on the stand she's like oh you can just move it to, to the other side of the room whatever so it was hilarious um you know i still pulled all of COVID because she let me put a poll up so shout out to judy for um letting me do that i mean that's great as I said, I've li I've lived away from home. So this is literally, this is unfortunately my second time coming back home because I've lived in Orlando twice. I moved, I lived there once for a year and then I moved back. Thought I was going to move to Atlanta. Didn't end up working out. I ended up moving back to Orlando and now I'm back home. <laughs> my brother just moved to Atlanta. So I guess we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> yeah. That's where I'm planning to move. Because I will say this, I want out of Florida. I need something that's like, I know at some point now I want to make the transition between like New York or LA. I want to move to like mm -hmm. one of them. Mm -hmm. And I figure 
Atlanta's like the biggest city in the South that like is kind of like New York. So that will give me like somewhat of a view of what it'd be like to live in New York. Of course, on the cheap. <laughs> yeah, if I had to choose between living between L.A. and New York, I would definitely choose L.A. <laughs> Yeah. See, it's it's interesting because I've had this conversation with somebody before who's like, who I talked about moving to LA and they, they were trying to encourage me to move to New York. I'm like, so it's like on the East Coast, you can never really decide. You have people who like, some people love New York, some people like hate New York and rather live in LA. It's like, I just. Well, the thing is, it's funny. I don't hate New York. I mean, speaking yeah. of New York, I'm actually going to New York this weekend. So um, I don't hate New York. I like it. Um, but kind of like living with my mom, I like it in small increments. <laughs> I like I like going to New York for like a weekend or like, you know, going for a show or and you know, sometimes maybe a performance I have. Yeah. I, I like it for that, but I could never live there. And my reasoning is just like it's so dirty. Even the nicest the nicest areas of New York there are, like the designer stores, the rich areas, like it just it smells, it's it's there's so fucking many people it's just like i get anxious like i can't even walk without like running into a million people um and it's too like let me tell you something boston gets a bad rap and to anyone who's tuning into this podcast if you're debating moving to new york listen to this move to boston boston is amazing boston is also a major city I mean, it's yeah. one of the hugest airports, Boston, Logan. Boston is also a big city. Obviously, it's not as big as New York, but it's big. And, you know, you get all the things you would want from New York. They, we have designer. We have clubs. We have, you know, restaurants that you have to make reservations three years in advance. Like, we have, <laughs> we have all of that, but it's clean. It's also known to be very safe. Boston police are very thorough. I will say like they're, you know, I mean, of course it's easier to manage. Oh, shoot. Hold on. Um, great okay. architecture and. Wait, wait, could you just repeat a little bit of that? Cause I lost you. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Um, I said, no, it's, it's also great, you know, historically, like yeah. it's a historical town, great architecture. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I, I don't, if, if someone said, well, let's pretend I didn't, I wasn't from Boston. Cause, and yeah. what's funny is me saying that Boston is great should actually, you know, you know, I'm not bullshitting. Cause I feel like so many times people like, are like, they hate the towns that they come from. I feel like I'm one of the, the few people that's like, I actually love where I'm from. I really do like where I'm from. Um, and Boston, I mean, look, look, Boston, Massachusetts, gay marriage was legalized in mass before New York. So yeah. Boston, you know, Massachusetts is very progressive politically. Um, and um, Boston's very diverse. And to anyone who's, you know, if I was never from Boston and someone said, you know, took me on a trip to New York and Boston and said, which one would you pick? I, I do feel like I would pick Boston because it's just, it's, I don't know. I just think it's it's better to live in. But I do love New York. I am going yeah. there this weekend. I'm not shit talking New York. I'll literally shout yeah. out to New York. I'll be there this weekend with my sister. <laughs> See, my thing is, I feel like in some ways moving to New York would be just like me living out my like teenage fantasy of like getting out of Florida. But it's like, I it's not that I hate Boston. I like Boston. I've been to Boston before. It's just, I've never explored. Here's the thing. Here's my thing. 
which I think will ultimately make me choose. I think I'd have to explore gay Boston and gay New York because I've never explored that side of the city. Like I've right. seen both New York and Boston. I've been to both of them. Right. But I never got a chance to like do some of the like gay activities because when I went to Boston, I was like in eighth grade and then to New York yeah. I was in, like, high school. So yeah, that's like, a little young. <laughs> yeah. I've gone I've gone to gay clubs and gay bars in Boston and New York. Um I mean, for me, like, I don't know, this might sound funny because, you know, I've been I've I've been all over. I've traveled a lot. Um, yeah. I don't know. A gay bar is a gay bar to me. I, I don't I don't think I've never been to like a gay bar in like, you know, one state versus the other where I'm like, wow, that gay bar was just like it. Like, it's just a gay bar. I mean, I, you know, yeah. I th I think the only thing that is different about some depending on, you know, the area you're in is literally just the size like it's just a bigger club but in terms of like overall like nightlife experience like yeah i don't know i think you know here's what i'll say i when you live in boston the boston gay life scene the gay life scene not like the everyone scene the gay life scene yeah. is definitely small so you do run into the same people every weekend versus right. in New York. Um, well, I mean, versus in New York, I mean, it's so much bigger on top of both of them being tourist places. I feel like it would be if you have drama with like an ex or something, you're less likely to run into them somewhere. I'd say that's the difference. Like sheer just, you know, population. Yeah. I mean, it's not like in terms of here's the thing. Living in Orlando, I went to, like, probably the biggest, like, gay bar, like, size-wise and living in Orlando. Because, like, I lived there. It's no longer open, unfortunately. But, like... So many places closed. Well, it was, it was a hotel. So, it was, like, they lost money during the pandemic. So, they just had to close down because they went into bankruptcy. Right. But it's like the mysticalness of there, I don't think any place is ever going to top that. I feel like, as you said, all gay bars are going to be the same. Yeah, it also depends on like, I feel like the mis everyone's like favorite mystical gay spot. It also, there's a lot of factors. I feel like it depends on like how old you were, what season it was, if the perfect song came on during the perfect night with the perfect yeah. temperature and you're with the perfect guy and the per you know, if, if it's that, like that moment's gonna definitely stick with you for sure. Yeah. I'll never forget my first, like, like you know, I have the same like mystical thing with like, my, there was this gay club in Boston closed because of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, I used to work there. That That's also why it was funny because I, I, you know, so they were one of the only places, at, I think, it, actually, no, it was the only place. It was the only club in Boston, gay or straight, that did 18 plus nights. And it was called the Machine Ooh. Night Club. And I remember I went there when I was 19 because that's the year I came out. And um, I went. And the funny thing is, this is before, this is years and years and years before I became a professional pole dancer and like got into that and any of that. I mean, this is so many years before that. Um, I 
remember seeing the polls that were there and like everyone was just twirling on them and like it was whatever and because you know i feel like especially like you know everyone's like 21 plus except for like the 19 year olds that have like the bracelets that say like you know underage yeah that was like a mystical moment for me i was like i love this place this is fucking fun like make out with a few guys have a good time like you know make make a guy buy me a shot because i can't buy one like it was those were good times (laughs) those were good times yeah I'm like, I might get roofy, but I'm 19. Who cares? Like, that's your mentality. <laughs> no, because that's your mentality when you're 19. You don't give a fuck. You just want to be with, you know, me, you know, the older you get, the more mature you get. So me at 19, I was like, I don't give a shit. Like, you know, you bought me a drink. Cool. I don't care. You know, see, I didn't move out till I was 21 or I was 20, almost 21. So, like, I feel like a lot of the things you did when you were 19, I started doing in like my mid 20s, which isn't smart. <laughs> I didn't move Man. out until I was 22. Oh. I was still living yeah. with my mom. She would say, where are you going? And I'd say, oh, you know, to like a sleepover. But really, we were going into the city. We just went. <laughs> and then she'd and then she'd like call my friend's mom to like check on us. And she'd be like, oh, they're not answering their phones. And the mom would like cover for us. She'd be like, oh, they're just, you know, hiking in the woods. Like, whatever. But see, how close were you to Boston? I was at this this at the time when, when I was going into the city at nineteen yeah. in New Hampshire. Like I was like forty. Oh, I was yeah. like forty five minutes away from the city. Yeah. See, like the thing is where I'm at now. Like I'm an hour north of West Palm Beach, but it's like Ooh. E- even in West Palm Beach, there's not a whole lot to do. Right. So it's like the nearest like big city where stuff would go on is like Miami, and that's like an hour and a half. That's why I don't go out much. Because like, but see, but see, like, I, I don't know, I don't know. I think it also just depends on the person. For me, like, if I lived yeah. where you live and I lived an hour and a half drive from Miami, I would still be going there all the time. Yeah. For me, that's like close enough. I mean, I used to strip at the strip club in Western Mass. Um, that's like just north of Albany, like super far yeah. out. Like it's, it's basically almost in New York. And I, it's two hours one way. I used to drive two hours, work my shift, yeah, like all night, and then get home at like 5 a.m. See, I'm more open to now. The thing was before, I just got on a shift where I'm like Monday through Friday. So it's like I finally have weekends back. Because like right, right, right. before I had to work every single weekend, my shift was like Sunday through Thursday. And I'm like... Or no, yeah. Yeah, Thursday through Sunday. So it's like, you can't go an hour because I had to go to be to work at 7 a.m. So it's not like you can go home, like, get home at 5, sleep for 2 Well, some people can run on 2 hours of sleep. No, I can't. I, I, can't. I like, I could if I wanted to be a bitch to everybody. But, like, I appreciate the people around me. So I decided to get my sleep. <laughs> I, I used to be able to run on 2 hours of sleep when I was 19, 20, 21. But... I don't know. I, I gotta say, my, my sister told me, I'll never forget when my sister said this to me. So uh, she's, okay, so I'm 26 and she's 31. So she's like five years older than me. Is that the math? No, six. I don't know. Whatever. She's a couple years older than me. I'm bad at math, guys. I'm a great dancer yeah. bad at math. Um, so I'll never forget. So I'm, I just turned 21. So she would have been like 26, 27. And we were she took me out for my 21st birthday and I was like, 
well, Tori, we have to do shots. It's my 21st birthday. And she's like, okay, like I'll do a few, but like, I can't do a million. And I was like, why? It's my 21st. We have to. And she was like, you'll see something happens to you once you hit 25 that you just can't, you just can't do that anymore. And I was like, you're so boring. Like you bitch, like you whore. Like, <laughs> I was so like, I was like, are you kidding me? You're just lame. Now me at 26, I'm like, listen, that girl was not telling no, no lie. Okay. I cannot drink as much as I could back then. And I cannot throw shots back the same way I could then. Like now, if I'm at a, a club with people, friends, like let's pretend we're at a club, I'll throw yeah. back like in a row, like two max in a row. Yeah. I can't do anything more than two. I literally can't. But me at circa 21, I would have thrown back a million. Like I just, I just can't anymore. Like I can't. And like back then I would like chug, chug, I, dude, I was literally like chugging yeah. Long Islands. I don't know how I was doing that. I was literally chugging Long Islands like it was water. Now I get like a whiff of a Long Island and I'm like, I just, yeah, I just, I'm over here like, can I have a Tito's and soda? And you know, like, I can't. Literally, that's that's same me. Like, I don't Your drink. Body does change. I don't. I don't drink much, but like when I do, that's what I drink. Like, to my 21st birthday, my sister is actually the one who brought me out on my 21st birthday too. Shout out to our sisters. Yeah, I have to say that was the one thing I have to give my sister a positive. If she if she ever looks at the first three interviews I ever did with people, she'll see how much shit talking I did about her. But positive. <laughs> Yeah, my sister's my sister's um, a saint. She has put up with so many of my shenanigans. I mean, our because the funny thing is our age difference. The older I get, right, the age difference doesn't seem so crazy. Like, oh, like twenty six, and then she's thirty one. It's like, oh, it's like not a big deal. But you know, growing up, the age gap seems seems so extreme. You know, I'm a minor, she's an adult. You know, yeah. I'm like freaking 16 she's already 21 i mean think about that it's like at the time it's a big enough age gap scene but you know i i will say my sister's put up with so much shenanigans for me i like i like freaking you know when i like got my first boyfriend i like called her because this is like right after i came out so i was just like still like i can do anything i like called her and was like Oh my God. Hi, what's up? And she's like, Oh, I'm just at home with my boyfriend. We're just like cooking. And I was like, Oh, cool. I'm outside. And she's <laughs> like, she's like, um, what? And I'm like, yeah, my, my new boyfriend's here. So you have to meet him. <laughs> Click. I like knock on her door. She like opens it. She's like, Oh no, like this is a whole thing. We, and she, and, and then, and then, so not only did I show up without like talking to her, but then like, I did not say anything about staying over. And I was like, yeah, we're we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna crash here and she was like uh like she like she was she was a saint like she knew because the thing is my parents were not happy about me coming out she knew that my she knew that my space at home was not like a safe space so she like basically like turned into like grandmother willow from pocahontas and she was like like i guess you can sleep on the couch like like i could tell she was like she was not wanting it but she was like she 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 was she was a gem she was a saint she was like you have nowhere else to go. So like, I don't know. And then like, yeah. I'll never forget. Like me and my first boyfriend are like, she's like, okay, good night. And we're like the next room over on the couch. And like, I like said to my boyfriend, I was like, whatever we do, we can't 
bone because she's right there. She's going to hear. And he's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. But like all the guys tuning into this, tune in. Um, you know how it is when you wake up at like devil's hour, like 3 a.m. with like the fucking like deer in the headlights look and you're just like, it's time. It's the, the in the middle of the night, like urge. And that's exactly what happened. So we start like doing it because in the moment you don't think you just whatever, fuck it. So we start doing it and I'll never forget. I get a text and like it lights up and it's I never would answer a text during anything, but it's from her. And I'm like, I'm like, stop, stop, stop. I like grab the phone and she goes, <laughs> she goes, did you feel that? Was there just an earthquake? <laughs> Responded back to her, oh my God, that is so weird. I thought I heard something, like tried to play it off dumb. In my head, I'm like, yeah, like we played it off so cool. The next morning we wake up, she's, she's like, you know, I know you did it, right? And I didn't even tell her, like she didn't see, she just knew. It's the sister, the no. sister, like, you know, they just know. She was like, I know that wasn't a fucking earthquake. And I was like, <laughs> sorry. sorry, I had to grace your couch with that. We were, we were christening it, you know? <laughs> Actually, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. Let me put it this way. My sister hasn't slept in her room in years. Like, back before my dad got a psycho dog, I used to invite guys over all the time when he left. <laughs> and use her room. Like, I'm like, uh, technically, her bed is, like, from one of my old apartments. So, like, technically, if you didn't want what the bed had happened, you shouldn't have taken it from That's my true. old apartment. <laughs> like, <That's true>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listen sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do like you know yeah so what was it like for you growing up as a kid <laughs> um okay everyone pour 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 your tea get your lipton get your tea bonnet ready um we're gonna pour we're gonna spill the tea um i grew up in a home of homophobia racism and domestic violence um my i you know i was born in a mass but you know how i said i kind of grew up in like mass and new hampshire it's because yeah. like um my we we like spent half the time like my mom would spend half the time like my dad would go to work and she'd like take all of us kids and like run away to like stay at we're going to nanny pappy's for the weekend like whatever that's what we were told and would go there because we were like literally running away from our the abuse of dad and um it was he. He was you know. I'm I'm actually Mex Mexican Irish. Um, my dad was you know. My grandfather was born and raised in Mexico, so like he was first generation American. So my dad was second. But like the yeah. reason I'm mentioning that is because you know in a lot of Hispanic culture, the whole like macho like homophobic like you know abusive like you know sexist like you know the women belong in the kitchen and like you know that whole mentality. Yeah. It, it can be a false stereotype, but sometimes it can be very accurate, which it tends to be. And he was definitely the stereotypical, you know, Mexican parent. And he, um, you know, shit, sh you know, shit was really hard growing up. Like he, it's not like he, and, and the thing is, even though I was the only like, you know, LGBTQ person, um, I wasn't the only one that was targeted. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he, I, he just targeted me. Like he, uh, no one was safe. So, you know, my mom had to get a restraining order. You know, she got full custody. It was like a whole messy thing. And then like, um, and I'm the youngest of five. There's five kids. So oh, young, wow. Yeah, four, so big family. And then like, then she like 
dropped the restraining order and then had like a talk with him. And he was like, I've changed. Like, you know, I'm not going to be that way anymore. Blah, 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 blah. And then like day one, he moved back in and went right back to like how it was before. And like, um, yeah, my mom didn't leave him until I was 19. Yeah. Wow. So they separated um, eight years ago. And the reason, and the reason why she um, left him when I was 19 specifically, like the reason was that year. Cause like, I, you know, anytime you tell anyone this, like, you know, you have to be thinking in your head, well, like what made her magically decide, you know, if she put up with all that for that man, like bait, all of her kids were full of. <sighs> Sorry, you cut out for a second. Yeah. Um, but so what happened was he came after me like physically really bad at 19 and the only reason i mean it's not the only reason but i'm just i mean I, I just tell it like it is i basically pulled out my phone and was like i've had enough of this like i've my whole entire life has been this i'm over it so yeah. i like dialed 911 and it was a whole thing but my mom was like get in the car like we and then I think that was just the last drop for my mom. She she was yeah. like my mom's like you know I'll fuck around with you know your dad and shit but I don't want to fuck around with the police so like yeah. um she and then we and then me and her because all my other siblings had moved out um and were like married and shit so like she her and I got an apartment together in Manchester New Hampshire and then lived together until I moved out when I was twenty two and then. COVID happened like a year and a half later when I was 23, which is so crazy. Like, God, I don't know if, if you ever just like take a moment and be like, wait, how old was I before COVID? Like COVID sucked like two years of our li life away. And yeah. it's like, it's crazy to think about that. I was like, wait, I was 23 when this shit happened. I'm 26 now. Like what happened? Um, right. Yeah. So yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, what the fuck happened? I like teleported. Um, yeah, so then we had our own place, and then that was that. So, so in a nutshell, to answer the question, growing up was a very dysfunctional, unstable environment. But where I get my passion for dance from is, I will say, the thing that I thank my mom the most for um, when it comes to, like, our living environment is my mom is a professional dancer, an apprentice at Boston Ballet when she was young, before she had kids. And um, she always like made, she always, she cultured all of us kids with the arts. She would always have us watching, you know, mu like musicals and, you know, we took dance classes growing up and stuff like that. So if I didn't take dance classes growing up and I didn't have that exposure like to dance, I don't, I, I well, I, I wouldn't, I, I'm not going to say I don't think, I know I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have that. Like So, you know, there were highlights. There were highlights in in, in between the the fists the fists being thrown. Um, you know, throwing a little PK turn before a fist hits me, and I'm I'm a happy camper. You know, <laughs> throwing a little chene, a little chasse. Work. See, first of all, I will say this. I know part of the reason why your mom suppressed it is because Irish people are taught to suppress things. I know that because I'm Irish Italian. So like definitely know that it's always like hide things don't say anything yeah yeah yeah, yeah. keep everything in my yeah, it's all about appearances and... yeah. 
my upbringing kind of conservative kind of religious probably why i didn't come out till i was 18 yeah and that was actually you know what i'm gonna ask you that first so what was it like for you coming out <laughs> well it's been like a, the journey that keeps journeying because i came out as gay when i was 19 but then i came out as bi a few months ago even though i identified as bi for the past like year i didn't come out publicly as bi until a few months ago so it's it's been a journey but coming out like the first time because i felt like yeah. it was like, coming out um coming out the first time what was it like it was terrifying i mean like my family is n not was is super religious and super um conservative and you know mm -hmm. this all all of that i'm sure we could i mean i'm sure we could exchange all the stories and all the cliff notes that are, that are similar but um yeah it, it was not pleasant and and the only reason i came out and this is actually you know not not a lot of people know this i'm dropping this tea live i i i really have not talked to a lot of people about this ever like my mom doesn't even know this um the reason i came out specifically in 19 is because i so i hooked up with this guy when i was 18 so the year before i hooked up with this guy and yeah. like he was like a leech like he he like wanted to like date right away and like do the whole thing and i was like dude i i lost my virginity to this guy i was like i'm not gonna like date the first person i lose my virginity to that's just like facts 101 like you don't do that so like i was not into him in that way but he was like super into me but what happened is like he just would not take no for an answer so i ended up like blocking him on everything you know the whole thing and then like a year later when i was 19 he ended up creating a new account and messaging me and saying like I like as he knew about my family being conservative and that I was in the closet yeah. and the whole thing. He he literally was like, I still have your nudes, I still have your messages. And he knew where I lived. And he was like, I if you don't like agree to meet up with me, I'm gonna like drop all of this in your mailbox and like your parents are gonna know the truth about you. So I basically got blackmailed into coming out when I did. Um so yeah, that's what my experience was like. <laughs> So now to mine, I went in the opposite order. So I came out as bi and then came out as gay. Oh, okay. So of course, coming out as bi was the safe thing because as a Catholic, well, actually, no, even as a Catholic, that was like a big thing. Like, Yeah, my mom's Irish Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. So luckily, as I say, I was fortunate. I only had to come out to one parent because I came out four months after my mom died. So like... Yeah, it made it made it a little bit easier only having to yeah. come out to my dad and yeah. my sister, which my sister was the one who basically, after I came out as by about, let's say about a year later, she's like, or no, two years later, she just, she just told me to come out as gay, and that's when I finally came out as gay. But going back <laughs> was so I came out to this is the bad part. I came out to a youth minister. Oof. And I told him about this performance idea I had with a knife and how I'd like practiced it. Cause I'm theatric, of course. Yeah. Clearly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so he left the room. He came back in about 10 minutes later. He said, you have one of two options. Either you're coming with me or I'm calling the cops. So I went with him. I went to get a, I, which again, mistake. Um, 
I went to get a psyche eval. I passed it. He lied to make it seem like I was lying. And as a result, I got locked in a mental institution for 64 hours. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the church, the church, all types of churches, not just Catholic, all types of churches are so fucking fucked up. It's it's the shit that they do and the shit that get, they get away with. I love that you're telling. I mean, I don't love that this happened, but yeah. I love that you're telling me this because like people need to tell their stories about what the church does because the church is not. The church does not practice what they preach. They do not spread love. They do not spread acceptance. They spread abuse and they spread hate. It's just, you know, it's fucking crazy. It's the shit that I hear. It's just, oh my God. And there's one more detail. (laughs) So after I got out, he set me up with this counselor who they tried to make seem like a therapist. She was not. Clearly, she worked for the church. Mm -hmm. And she tried to pray the gay away. Of course, yeah. Laval, <laughs> my parents tried that with me. You know, I had a youth <laughs> try that with me too. It, yeah, it's just conversion, <laughs> therapy. conversion therapy. We love it. We absolutely love it. We love it. Yeah, because it works out so well. It works, it works out, out for, so well. It works out for all those guys who say they're ex-gay, and then all of a sudden they find them on Grinder getting fucked by some other guy, and then it's like, yeah, that worked out great for you. So. How were you, how did you feel mentally after being in a psych unit for 64 hours? That's, that must have, I don't know. Did you handle that well? I can't imagine handling that it, well. It was. Did you, did anyone know where you were? Like, did they just like throw you. Uh, oh, well, like... well, my dad knew where I was. Cause like my dad came to get me. Cause they, they, the thing was when they like what they call Baker Act to me, they didn't tell me. So like. I was on the phone with my dad saying, like, yeah, come back here and get me. And all of a sudden, a cop yelled at me. He's like, get off the phone. I'm like. And then, uh, then like, four hours later, that's when they told me they Baker acted me. So they just left me in a hospital room not telling me anything. So how did, did you, like, have a panic attack? Uh, not then, because, like, I was tired, like. They just kept on pushing and pushing back when they told me. Because, like, eventually when I was in the room, I just, like, went to sleep because I was tired. Dude. So, like, how did you get out? How did I get out? Um, yeah. I had to wait till... Okay, so I was officially baker acted on a Sunday. Or on a Saturday. I had to wait till Monday because the weekend psychiatrist didn't want to release me. Okay. So when I did, it was, like, middle of the day. And as I say, all the details of stuff that went in there, as I say, sometimes you have to find the comedy in it. Like, oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> like, li- yeah. like, literally, yeah. like, literally, like, literally, I went to this place. They didn't even have room for me. So, like, when I first came in, they had, like, a bed next to the, like, re- like reception desk. That's where they said I was sleeping. They're like, you're sleeping there. I'm like, so y'all don't even have a room for me, and you took me? Okay. Well, Florida tings, you know. Yeah, there was one of these ladies. I've never told this part, but, like, I love this part. There was a lady in there who, like, made flowers out of, like, cigarette cartons. Like, <laughs> like you, yeah. 
we love, we love an artist moment. <laughs> We're trying to live her best life in the white coat. <laughs> She's like, I'm gonna be a, a cigarette influencer. <laughs> this is my this is my camel bouquet and this is my mar Marlboro bouquet. Which one do you prefer? <laughs> um Damn. But it, I also think you, know you know what? A for creativity, though. A for creativity. Yeah. I've never heard of a cigarette flower yeah. moment ever. Yeah. So that's, a first. that's a first. Yeah. Also, I wasn't the person who, like, they had, like, a group meeting, like, my last day there. And, like, I, I, was, I was being a smart ass because I knew I was getting out at some point. So, like, yeah. they had this meeting. They're like, what's time management? I'm like, managing your time. Like, <laughs> And, and the person that is the honest answer, but like that's not the answer the person wanted. <laughs> oh, of course. I'm sure the answer they wanted back is time management is making sure you go to church every Sunday. <laughs> um, no, you know what? You were you were totally right. You you just hit like a soft spot for me. I, I've always yeah. said whenever I see the funny memes and shit on Instagram of like when people are like, Oh my God, you're so funny. Like, how, why are you so funny? And like the person says back like trauma, like, um, I laugh at those, but honestly, <laughs> they're very accurate. Um, I think when you, when you go through really hard things, I've been through some really hard things, both inside my family and some, some church things have been through too. Um, mm -hmm. you know, there's there's one of two two ways you can react to trauma. Um, have you ever seen? But like, have you ever seen? This has to do with my point. Have you ever seen um, the Joker with Joaquin Phoenix? No. Well, first of all, terrifying movie. Um, also, like, also very triggering because it's like, I don't know, because it has to do with what I'm saying. You like when you go through a lot, you're you. I feel like you go one of two ways. You either go to like psycho serial killer or not even serial killer just like just lost it just like like apathy for life just melancholy like just fuck it like yeah whatever and just like keep marching to like the christian drum until like your brain prolapses <laughs> or you go into the like listen i can't change what happened i wish i could i can't there's nothing you can do but laugh because laughter is the medicine for the soul and laughter has gotten me through everything. So I'm glad that you that you can laugh about it. Like laughing about it is actually intellectual because it's not you ignoring it. Pretending it never happened would be ignoring it. It's yeah. addressing it, but like moving past it. And I think finding comedic moments in a traumatic moment, you know, maybe not everyone agrees with it, but I think I think it's genius because you know what? That just goes to show whoever abused you and put you down, you're actually yeah. the one getting the last laugh about it. So they didn't really, they didn't really break you. Um, I'll never no. forget. So I used to be, I, well, I, the thing is like, I, let me, let me rephrase. I used to consider myself like first and foremost, a singer and like dancer second. Obviously that was a long time ago. I'm, I'm a first and foremost, a dancer. I, I don't even, consider myself a singer. I just love to do karaoke. But, um, you know, I auditioned for American Idol when I was 15 and I passed several rounds of it. Work. And I'll never forget. 
I was I was 18 and then I auditioned for The Voice and I passed one round of The Voice and I just really liked singing. I mean, I still really do love singing. I sing in the car. I'm like that one friend that like turns the music up and like sings at the top of their lungs. I sing in the car, I sing in the shower, I sing in the house. I, I sing while I'm like, cooking. Um, I love singing. Um, I'll never forget my my parents, of course, were like, you should audition for the praise and worship team, like, you know, at the church. And I was like, <laughs> obviously, I would rather fucking die than be part of the praise and worship team. But I was like, in my head, I was like, well, your life already is misery. So at least you'll get to sing. Like I'll add, I'll add a little like Christina Aguilera riff into like the, you're so holy, like, holy. I'm like, I'll, I'll throw a little, like, I'll make it fun, whatever. Um, and I remember, so I auditioned, there was a formal, there was a whole audition process. I auditioned and then they, 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 they have you sing a song, right? And then they go, okay, now we're going to test your harmonizing skills. Now I took choir my whole life. So like, I'm really good at harmonizing. So one of them, uh, like one of the praise and worship people came up next to me and she goes, now I'm going to sing the melody. You take the harmony because they test to see if you can follow the harmony. So then I followed the harmony. So basically I'm, I'm, it's like the fucking hunger games guys. I like pass all the steps and I'm like, cool. They're like, you have a great voice, whatever. And they're like, you just have to meet with the praise and worship leader now. And they're going to make the final decision. And I was like, awesome. They're, they're probably going to ask me about my schedule. What works out for me? I'm sitting at a table and the praise and worship leader comes in who is, by the way, I, I just like to add this into my stories because like anyone, any of my friends, they know my humor. I think what makes it extra comedic is the guy who's about the shit I'm going to say that he said to me, the guy who's saying all the shit is like fugly as fuck. He's this like <laughs> ugly ass guy. Like, and he's acting as if he's like Simon Cowell, the biblical version. And he like sits down and he goes, you know, being part of the praise and worship team is a really big deal. And like starts doing this like whole thing. And I'm just like, okay. Um, meanwhile, this is like post my American Idol voice auditions, but I'm like, whatever you say. And he's like, but there is one last thing that I, we have to determine before we can give you the position. And I'm like, what is it? And he's like, are you gay? <laughs> when I tell you my jaw dropped and like, there's fight or flight. But one of the things that gets ignored a lot in life is there's fight, flight, or freeze. And I just froze. I literally was in shock. I was like, I thought this was an audition. <laughs> like, I thought it was like, here's the real test. Can you hit a high G? Like, I didn't know what, like, yeah. he's like, are you gay? So I, I just, so I remember I paused. I didn't say anything because I was in shock. And then he goes, because if you are, like, you're not going to be allowed on the team. And he goes, my very own brother is gay and I don't talk to him. He's not allowed in my house for holidays. If we have holidays at my house, like he's like, it's nothing personal. I don't even talk to my own brother. And I just remember I didn't say anything. I stood up and I went, I have to go. And I ran to my, to my mom's car and she's like, how'd it go? And I lied out my ass. I was just like, you know, it went really great. I feel really good about it. And, you know, I guess we'll be hearing back from them. So pedal to the metal, like, hurry up, speed away. I guess we'll just hear back. And then I just played it off as like, oh, like, I just like never got it. And then like two years later, after I like came out, it was a whole thing. I like ended up telling my family the whole story and they were all like pissed about it. 
Um, yeah, the, the church stories are very interesting. Um, have you um, heard or seen the movie Spotlight about the priest that raped the boys? No. But have you heard? But have you heard of the movie Spotlight? It sounds familiar. Yeah. So it's a movie about real life events in America about priests at churches, specifically Catholic churches, that you know preach about you can't be gay, it's evil, you go to hell, you know the whole bit. But they were like molesting boys. So, right. fun fact, except it's not a fun fact. Um, one <laughs> of the priests that's that was mentioned as a name in the movie and was actually investigated legally and was removed from his priest position on like a suspension until they could until they could make a decision of whether they were going to like excommunicate him or not yeah. one of the priests his name is father gillespie and he is actually my grandparents because my grandparents are bible thumping catholics super homophobic yeah. um and racist because of course why not um <laughs> you know just sprinkle that in there they that's their priest and he was in, investigated but then there was no proof it was just a word of mouth um and then uh, aka word of mouth of all the the boys that were like adults now who are all like yeah. yes it happened to me too but there wasn't enough proof so he never lost his um position and he still preaches and my uh, grandparents still go to him so it, the so the the church stories, you know, I just nothing can phase me, you know, no, no story phases me. I'm just like, yeah. So it's just like a casual Sunday, yeah, cool. Because I have to say this first of all, did not know you were a musician. Literally, I am sing. I'm a singer myself. Literally, that's why I get away with wearing sunglasses and drag because I sing live. And I'm I don't not. A, I I don't consider myself a musician. I think I can carry a tune i can sing and i can harmonize but i don't i'm not walking around like i'm christina aguilera i'm a i'm a dancer but what we both what we both have in common is we're both artists i'll say that i want to yes. say I'm a, I'm a musician well i well yeah uh, okay i'll say singer like i i i can dance i would never consider myself a dancer i know how to like move yeah because like that's like, like I, with singing yeah it's like, I'm a singer-songwriter. I make electronic music. It's like, if I didn't know how to dance, I feel like there'd be a problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. But that's why that's why I always say drag queens never consider me a real drag queen. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> that's literally... Listen, uh, there, yeah, there's, there's so many. I mean, I think when it comes to artists and you know, dancers, singers, you know, the whole thing, um, all types of performers. I feel like in every circuit, there's clicks. There's always going to be clicks. There's, there's, yeah. there's, there's so many pole dancers out there that just don't like me and will, will always say for the rest of time, no matter how many medals I win, no matter how many things I can do on the pole, there are so many pole dancers out there that will just say like, he's not a good pole dancer. And it's like, I think when you grow up in the environment I've grown up in, if if you have a few haters or or more than a few, it doesn't really phase me because I'm like, listen, I don't I don't care the the list of people that I'm not a favorite on the list of people who don't like me. It's it's a long list and I don't care how long it is, but 
add it to the list. Add it to the list. Yeah. And half of those people are my relatives. So just add it. See if I care. <laughs> Work. I don't know. You have to you have to get to a point in life. And I, and I think I'm actually, I think this past, like, I think post-COVID. COVID, you know, there's so much time to think. The past, like, year and a half, I'm like, I just really don't care. If you don't like me, I'm, listen, I'm not for everyone. So, fine. Like, see if, literally, see if I care. Like, yeah. fine. Bye. Then if you don't like me, get out of my face. Go somewhere else. Totally. That's why, like, and I also, like, like genuine people. That's why I invited my friend's former drag mom on here. And then when I found out she was talking shit about me behind my back, I rescinded my invitation. I'm like, nope. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and let you be like fake as fuck to me. You've met me two times and like all of a sudden you've judged my drag from meeting me twice. No, thank you. Yeah, thank you, next bitch. Exactly. What's your um zodiac sign? Cancer. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have kind of a love-hate relationship with cancers. <laughs> um, I'm an Aquarius, so yeah. Yeah. I did see that. I ha I have a bunch of stuff. Literally, I had somebody like read my whole like zodiac chart. There's this girl I work next to, and she's like, God, you're fucking gay. I'm like, well, I mean, hello. Like, because I have like I think like both of my like rising and falling are both like Pisces. She's like, oh my god. It's like it's like, gee, the gay person has a gay chart. There's a shocker there. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I'm super, you know, I'm super into zodiology stuff. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say like I'm a preacher. I don't like, like, I don't know. I'm not one of those people that goes like so far into it. You're like, okay, like, is this like yeah. a religion? But um, I, I am definitely into it conversationally. And I do think that there are a lot of things I read that I don't find coincidental. And I find very interesting. And yeah, I, I made the decision. This was, oh my God, this was like right before COVID. Um, my friend at the time was getting her Zodiac constellation tattooed on her. I forget where she got it. Um, I think she got it on her wrist or something. I don't know. And then I got mine. I was, she was like, where are you going to put, I was like, I'm going to get one. She was like, where are you going to put it? And I was like, hmm, it's a pretty extra tattoo to be like, this is my Zodiac constellation. Like it's pretty extra. And I was yeah. like, where is the most extra place I can put it? Because it's obnoxious. Tramp stamp. Done. That's it. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, I was gonna say either tramp stamp or on your ass, like one of the two. Like. Yeah. Well, you got it. You got it. I was like tramp stamp. Yeah. Yeah. It just and the thing is, like, I never would have gotten a tramp stamp if it wasn't the constellation. I was like, what's the most obnoxious thing I can pick? Yeah, work. See, I've had the idea to get a tattoo. I didn't. I don't have one. Like, but I'm like. This is the thing. Like, I'm so indecisive. I feel like I would like change my mind once I got the tattoo. I'm like, now I hate it. Like, I think I have eight. I have eight. Yeah. Yeah. Eight and counting, because there'll definitely be more. Um, of course, and and I'm just gonna be honest with you, because of course I'm a real person. That makes you a thousand times hotter. Like, literally, just for anyone, like. All of a sudden, you see somebody with, like, a ton of tattoos. I'm like. <sighs> Listen, I'm I'm going to very um, gratefully accept that compliment. And the thing is, <laughs> I, 
Well, I agree. You know, I think you throw if someone's good looking and throw some some ink on them. I mean, I, yeah. I like I like guys and girls that are that are inked. I like ink. Now, the thing is though, everyone's taste for tattoos are very different. Yeah. Let's just say my ex girlfriend's tattoos were not my cup of tea at all. Like I like I like super like meaningful tattoos or like if it's yeah. not so much a meaningful tattoo maybe just like an intricate design like you know like my arm tattoo is like a design i like a design yeah. or like something deep i'm not a fan of just like the random like and now here's a cat i'm like mm. i like an artistic i mean you know what i mean like i it needs to look like picturesque for me for me, it's, yeah. it, it needs to look like picturesque. If it's just like a random like SpongeBob this or like a goat that, I'm like, what's going on? Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm a, little, I'm a little. I just I have my my thoughts on tats. But you know what? C clearly, my ex girlfriend had thoughts on on tats as well because when I got this tattoo, um, she was like, basically, I mean, she didn't say the exact words. I hate it, but. She said several sentences that were that in a nutshell. <laughs> and I was like, that's fine. I mean, I wanted to say back so badly, I was going to be like, I, I don't have a fucking cat tattooed on me. So like, <laughs> but whatever. She she was a lost cause, so. <laughs> Work. That's, so... that's, want, no, want to know what it is? That was my big missed op opportunity. I should have said that when I was breaking up with her. I should have been like, you know, it's the tattoos. I just can't do it. It's the tats. I just can't. That should have been that should have been my reasoning. <laughs> yeah, because it's like like at least from what I've seen of yours, like yours look good. It doesn't look like cheap. Cause like Yeah, they were all pricey. Yeah. Cause it's like I know people who got tattoos. Like my sister has I know I know she has at least two tattoos. She has like the Thor hammer tattooed on her like shin. And I'm like, but what's that gonna mean to you in like 50 years? That's my thought. Like Yeah, yeah, that's 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 kind of exactly what I'm saying. Like, I don't get you know, but 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 here's the thing, like two each his own. Like, like if, yeah. if she loves like good for you, like I would never say to her, like, don't get it. If she wants to yeah. get it, like, get it. Yeah. I more just meant like, you know. If there's an, a really if there's a really attractive person, but they have what I think is a dumb tattoo, it's gonna like take down the attraction for me. I'm gonna be like, why? Like, no, just why is there a SpongeBob in the mix? Like, what's going on? Yeah, see, like, that's probably why I haven't gotten a tattoo because like the one tattoo I would get is literally just like doesn't mean anything except for the fact that I think it looks cool, and that would be like the all-seeing eye. That's literally. I I, I only have one tattoo. Listen, I think it's it's fine if you have like one silly one. I only have one tattoo. Um, because all my tattoos mean something, and they're all like yeah. the mean, like the meaning I give to them is like it's like deep, like they all are deeply, you know, poetic. There's only yeah. one tattoo I have that has no meaning at all, and it's just like it was a it was a drunk girl's trip, and someone said let's do ass tattoos and i was like yes um i just got a pair of lips on oh my 
So yeah. it's like small, right? It's not like a big tattoo. No, it's small. It's like yeah, you know. But but the guy was like, I was like, we like stumble into the tattoo place and we're like, we want ass tats, and, and you know, everyone got something different. And then I just was like, I just want a pair of lips. And he was like, like cartoon lips, and I was like, no, 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 like sexy lips. So I don't know. I just went for that. That's that's like the most that's the most not serious tat of mine. That one that one was like you know. It was for the it was for the TikTok of it all. <laughs> totally. So. Oh, so what made you get into pole dancing? So. I've I've been dancing my whole entire life. Um, already was a dancer. Um, dance teacher also auditioned. Yeah. For a million things you know chore choreographer as well um every dancer has a dance icon just like every singer has like their singer icon you know whatever my dance icon my whole life has been um my idol jennifer lopez and um she's really inspired me in a lot of different ways and um what got me into pole is actually her um, I'm a huge fan of hers. And when she came out with the movie Hustlers, where she plays the stripper, and um, it was like her, Cardi B, like a bunch of other people. And um, when I saw, like she had posted like a, a training behind the scenes video on YouTube, and it was her training with a Cirque du Soleil um, instructor, um, training, like she did the stunts herself. Like it's, she, she was like, I'm not doing a stunt double. I'm a dancer. I'm an athlete, you know, whatever. And when I saw her, um, doing pole dance, I, I had no exposure to pole dance at all. I had no idea it was a dance form. No idea it was a, a, a comp competitive thing. You know, like it's a very niche thing that you would have to like, you wouldn't necessarily know about unless you knew about. And, um, when I saw her moving, especially cause I know, you know, she's a first and foremost, a, a dance, a traditional dancer. I was yeah. like, wait, this thing kind of combines dance with like upper body strength, which I love. Cause like, I'm a very, I've always been like an active person, gone to the gym and whatnot. So when I saw that, I was like, I feel like I'm getting my gym workout, but also getting my dance workout in one package. So yeah. I found that really appealing signed up for a pole class at the pole. Uh, um, my first pole class was at the same pole studio I teach at, which is a full circle moment. Um, signed up for a pole class instantly was hooked instantly. Like day, I literally the first, the first day I said to my instructor at the time who no longer works there, I said, this, it just feels right. Like this is it. This is it for me. And I'm not doing group classes with beginner classes. I'm doing private lessons with you immediately. When are you available? Like, when can I start? And yeah, so Jennifer Lopez is very inspiring to me and she's she's what got me into pole. Work. Yeah. So I can say you always, cause like any form of like artist has like their inspirations. Mine is Gaga, definitely like. Mm -hmm. And Christina Aguilera, because I love vocalists. It's like, love, you know, yeah. And it's like, I've seen, first of all, I've seen like the heels you dance in, like, bitch, work. Like, <laughs> yeah, they weigh a lot. It's really hard to invert with ankle weights, basically. <laughs> those are, okay. So, like, the thing is, 
a like last year i got like bone spurs and heels in my feet so like i now only i have shoes that like i can only like model in like pretty take pictures and like shoes that i can actually perform in i'm very much a go-go boots person like for performing but like some of the shoes you have are like shoes that i can stand look pretty and take take a picture take them off and then pretend like i wore them for hours well yeah i mean the listen every every pole dancer that stands in those big the big pleasers um every pole dancer knows there 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 are plenty of bloopers to go around of rolling your ankle like eating shit like you know there's 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 bloopers we always try to post you know the best takes and the best you know the best that we have to give but there there are moments where it's it's you know it's it's difficult it's difficult it's not easy we just try to make it look easy yeah so you would definitely never do like a live stream version of you like pole dancing right i don't think i would do a live stream no I, i'm more of like yeah. a I, I perform at like things i'm hired yeah. or right. like things that i get paid for or yeah. like um competitions where i'm competing um yeah you know, you don't give that shit away for free. What am I going to do? Go on, go on live and like do a bunch of huge tricks that are like super risky to my, my well-being for what to, to get a bunch of like snaps girl. Yes. Like, um, I performed at a pride event in Boston at a drag brunch last, well now two months ago, cause it's August. Holy shit. Um, in June. And I got, you know, I got paid to just, I got, had yeah. my, you know, to show up and do it plus tips. And, um, yeah and plus the other thing is like taking it back to my stripper roots like i was a stripper at a club and that's you know stripping and shows is more my thing um anything i post on you know and the thing thing is i don't have to do a live stream i mean everything i post on my instagram is basically that it's just not live it's but it's it's dancing and stuff yeah i i've i've honestly done it because like a, I don't get many gigs, but it's like B. It's also I like the like element of I did I did one just last Saturday, yeah, last Saturday, and the thing was I was performing, I was using a headset mic, and like during the first song, I felt my headset mic like drop off the back of my like bodysuit. I'm like, and then I went back on. I love the I love the thing of being like, fuck it, this is live. You can clearly tell that I'm doing this not all in one take. Shit fell. Gotta fucking deal with it. Yes, Britney yeah. Spears. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go on. Of course. I'm I am one of those people who like some musicians are about perfectionists. I'm about hearing what actually happened in the moment. That's why. I think that's I think that's Gaga in me because Gaga very much is like that too. She's someone yeah. who's like says like basically fuck it. I mean, the bitch literally injured herself on stage because she just didn't want to stop performing. Like I know. She, like, pulled her, Gaga's she Gaga's her. iconic. Gaga's yeah. iconic. I love her. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it like for you the first time you performed? Well, on the first time I performed with pole specifically, I'll general. Uh, yeah, let's go with pole. I was gonna say little yeah. generalize it, but go ahead. Um, yeah, I'll never forget. So I, I was taking class at my pole studio for literally not even two months, a month and a half, and 
my studio does an annual showcase, which is basically a recital for adults. It's like a kid's recital yeah. for adults. And the instructors do a little thing. And sometimes the, the instructors, you know, will choreograph something for our classes and our classes will do a little thing. Um, it's literally a, a recital for adults. Um, and I just remember I was there for literally not even, not even two months. And I just said, like, I threw my name and I was like, Hey, can I perform? Cause the thing is I was, I felt good about doing it. Cause like I had obviously performed before and like being a dancer yeah. my whole life, being a dancer, I was like, I'm not nervous to perform. Maybe I'm nervous that I'm doing this new type of dance with whatever, but they were like, are you sure? Like you've only been doing pole for like a hot fucking second. And I was like, I'm positive. And I'll never forget it. I did actually express from burlesque by Christina Aguilera. And, um, I actually like, no, I know like the original chair choreography she does and like the whole thing. Yeah. So I actually started with that and then like segue to the pole. But, um, I don't know. I would say that this, this, I, I have to say the same thing about any type of performance I do. I'll always, any, any performance, you know, my first, my last, my middle. Yeah. Me, I know a lot of other dancers and performers and singers and any performer. I know a lot of performers like this. I black out when I perform. I black out. I, I really don't even know what happened until I get off stage. Um, so what do, what do I remember? I remember being nervous as hell, but I'm nervous as hell before any performance, whether I'm a beginner or where I am now, like pro. Like I'm always nervous before a performance, but when I'm on stage, I just black out. I don't know. Yeah. Black out. See? Work. I will say, as a drag queen, I have one of the weird experiences because unlike everyone who's like, I started out in the straight, I started out in the gay clubs, like with everyone with my friends, like going with me, yes, queen. No, I started out performing at open mic nights and straight bars. So, like, I hey. gave myself a challenge. Um, hold on, give me literally one second. Yeah. So sorry, I came back. <laughs> That's okay. So anyway, yeah. I performed there like for about a month before and then like all of a sudden I'm like I'm like this is my vision of drag. I'm like fuck it, I'm just going to do it. And I performed there a lot. I did some things like audiences always had like a mixed reaction to me, which of course doing electronic music and like a group of like mostly acoustic sets you're always gonna have like mixed reactions people like either loving it or hating it yeah owners didn't mind what i did except for <laughs> one time i had um i had screamed motherfucker into the microphone the week before because i was it was like the ending to one of my songs and then the week after i got told by the owners not to do that i'm like i'm not doing that this week i'm not repeating my set from last week please <laughs> yeah that's really funny. If 
I, I literally, I don't even care if I'm watching a performance. I don't care if it's amazing or terrible. If someone ends the performance screaming motherfucker into the mic, that takes the cake and gets an A plus for me. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I, I would have died laughing. I would have been like, fuck yeah, like motherfucker. Yeah. I love that. I literally love that. I'm all about. Um, you can ask my siblings. I'm all about having a memorable moment and i think that yeah. clearly that clearly that was memorable for the people because they brought it up again so <laughs> yes i am a huge fan of shock factor for sure yeah um, i i <laughs> yeah i i definitely i like a costume reveal i like some naughty words i like some yeah. surprise appearances i love all of that shit i always say the thing that why I would never be able to perform in a straight bar now is because literally back then I wore like clothes and like now towards the end of the pandemic, I basically just said, fuck it. And I just literally walk around half naked and drag all the time. Now I don't give a shit. Like yeah. my, I mean, I have to ask because you're fairly close to Miami. Have you ever been to the palace? No, I've heard about it. Oh my God. Motherfucker. Um, <laughs> as, listen, not only as someone who does drag, like you do drag, but also yeah. as someone who subsequently is a fan of drag. Yeah. How can you live an hour and a half from Miami and you've never been to Palace? This needs to be on the top of your priority list starting tomorrow. Like, Palace is, um, I've seen a lot of drag shows. And not yeah. just like any drag shows. Like I've seen drag shows with like, you know, RuPaul season, whatever drag race, but like I've seen like top tier drag queens. I saw yeah. a drag queen that like performed with Whitney Houston one time. Like I've seen, I've seen amazing shows. Um, I've never seen anything as jaw droppingly amazing as the palace drag queens it really is the best drag america has to offer and i can say that because i've been all over um i mean it's it's <laughs> it's fucking wild it's wild it's it's amazing it's i think that they you know because there are a couple types of drag queens of course i mean like i'm not a drag yeah. expert but like yeah you know they're they're the drag queens that their bit is comedy then there's the drag queens yeah. where their, their bit is shock. And then there's drag queens where the bit is like not shock or comedy, but they're just, it's talent. Like they sing or they dance, whatever. Yeah. What I love about the palace queens is each and every one of them is talented. Each and every one of them throws the shock and each and every one of them like does something unexpected so it's almost they're like they're like the ultimate drag queens like that like they're they're comedic talented and shock yeah. factor like like they, they just do it all and um i saw when i was in key west last summer i saw randy do i forget what his uh, what his name is something randy he's like a famous drag queen he has a residency in key west um in a certain part of the year but he he like is known for his singing he sings all of his songs yeah. and like it was amazing don't get me wrong it was incredible but i was just thinking in my head the whole time like i'd rather be in palace 
I'd rather be at Palace. Like Palace is like, especially it's just more of, I don't know. It's it's more of an experience. I would say it's like yeah. it's beyond just drag. It's like it's an experience I'll never forget ever. See, I will think about that. I gotta reach back in contact with somebody. I think, as far as I know, somebody's supposed like one of my friends. Somebody I've interviewed on here, I believe, is supposed to be coming into town from Arizona. So like. I told him, I'm like, I'm like, look, if I have time to be with you when you're down in Miami, I'll come. Like, I'm literally an hour and a half away. Like, yeah, you geez, should definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, I. Yeah. Well, I should I shouldn't say I haven't gone to anything drag. I literally went to a drag show last weekend, like. Because because my drag sister was performing and she sent me the thing. I'm like, of course, I'll come to see you now. I told you before, like. I don't know if I remember this. So I said there's the drag queen that like talked shit about me. Mm -hmm. She was the host. I didn't go in drag that night. She was the host. She'd never seen me out of drag. She was literally hitting on me. Wow. Well, she's running. And I'm like, hmm. So it's like, you think my drag shit, but you think I'm hot enough to fuck? Interesting. Anyway. That's <laughs> And I, and I let her do it because I part of me wanted to be like, bitch, you fucking know me. But I didn't say it. No, I would I would have played it out too. I would have been like, because I just would have enjoyed it in my head the whole time. I would have been like, this is so funny. <laughs> yeah. I think that was a good call. <laughs> yeah. I'm reading. Oh. Oh, so what made you get into modeling? So, you know, it's funny because I can't actually even put my finger on what made me start doing it. If I had to, like, like I don't, like, there's not, like, a clear, like, it's not like the J-Lo thing where it's, like, it was that moment. Yeah. I don't have a specific moment, but if I had to shout anyone out to say, well, who's one of the first people I saw starting to do it? And then I kind of wanted to be like them. My, my sisters. Okay. This is, this is crazy. So it's, it's hard to follow. So see if you can follow this. My sister's best friend is basically like a second sister to me because she, besides being my sister's best friend, she used to date my second eldest brother. And then her youngest sister went to school with me in my grade and we're friends. And yeah. then her other sister is engaged to my other brother. So um, our families are pretty tight. <laughs> A lot of history. Yeah. Um, but Brittany, that's her and my sister's best friend, Brittany. Uh, yeah. Brittany started doing some modeling with this local photographer here in New Hampshire, you know, years ago, I want to say, so when she was probably doing this stuff, I was probably like 17, 18, maybe even 16, like young, like very young. And I remember seeing her doing these modeling pictures. And I still think to this day, I mean, if you saw them, like they're still to this day, jaw dropping, gorgeous. And she's gorgeous. I mean, she, she did bikini fitness competitions and she like placed crazy high uh, her body fat percentage was like negative zero like she was she was amazing um 
and I remember seeing her doing modeling shoots and stuff. And I, that was definitely a moment where I was like, Oh, like I, I would want to get into this one day. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't really have like a definitive standout moment, but I would, I would say seeing her stuck with me. Um, and then I wanted to actually pursue modeling as my main thing. Like I wanted that to be my main, like I was, I was thinking about pursuing that past dance. There was a point in my life where I was like, am I going to pursue dance or am I going to pursue modeling? Obviously this is before I discovered pole. And yeah. um, I was like, I don't know. I think I'm going to try to pursue modeling and I'll never forget it. I went to this modeling agency. It's called NEMG. New England modeling agency. And the thing is, I knew it was rep reputable and I knew that it was legitimate because one of my sister's friend's sister, uh, she's a very successful multi-published model, like huge, like worked with like, you name it, she's worked with them. Like, like you know, she's amazing. She, she's gone to, she's, she's been in shows with Gigi Hadid. Yeah. Like, like, like she, oh, this girl, man. this girl, like, you know, she, she did it. And she started at NEMG. So I knew I was like, well, it's not, you know, a scam. Like, like she, you know, she's yeah. someone who I know who I can, who, who, you know, and I talked to her about it and she was like, you know, they're great. This, that, this, that. Um, I had an interview with him and then they sent me to a workshop to teach you about posing. And then after the workshop, I had another meeting with them and then they were like, we want you to shoot with one of these specific photographers. You pick which one you want to work with. I picked the one I wanted to work with because I liked his style most. Shot with him, went back to them. Then they were like, we don't like these pictures. <laughs> oh God. Like they literally told me like to shoot with this guy. And then they were like, they were like, where was wardrobe? Who chose your wardrobe? And I was like, you didn't, you didn't wardrobe wasn't provided like i improvised like i don't know like whatever and they basically were like they basically were like these images are trash but they were like it was past that they were like but also even if these were right and this is when i was um like super super skinny like i was like anorexic skinny at the time um they were like and I, and I like say that not as like a joke, but like I was, yeah. I was anorexic at the time. I'm like, I said that I'm like, whoever's listening, this is going to be like, that's, I'm like, no guys, I really was. Um, <laughs> they like, they like said to me, they were like, you need to go to the gym and like get, get muscle because guys need muscle for modeling. And I just remember feeling really weird about that whole meeting. And I left and I was just like, so this is an occupation like like you kind of like know like you know modeling like of course it's about yeah. look but i was like yeah but like the inner workings of this like it's literally them picking you apart every inch of your body and your body needs to check off their requirements for what is publishable or not and you have to then maintain that for the rest of time and or the rest of your career and i just remember being like i think i've been through a, enough trauma <laughs> yeah i was like i don't think i need that 
I don't think I need that. So I ended up pivoting and I ended up not continuing anything with them. And um, what's funny is now I, I model literally just for fun because I'm good at it. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I'd say when the shoots I do are pretty 50-50, um, I get paid for half of the shoots I do. Like, like people want people pay me to shoot with them. The other half, I either am the one who reached out to them. So I like want to pay them to work with them or, yeah. or they're like, you are great at this and we need uh, like, we let's just work together. And it's like a, a f like freebie for both of us just to like get to collaborate so that you can get pictures and then we can have you to look amazing representing us as a photographer in our portfolio. So it's not something I take professionally seriously. It's something I do for fun. And um, what's funny about everything they were saying about me not being publishable is last year or a year and a half ago, year and a half ago, almost two, I get a message from this photographer I shot with like three years ago. And She's a public, you know, I don't just shoot with anyone. Like I shoot with, with photographers that like are great and have been published yeah. and like know what they're doing. Cause the thing is, I know what I'm doing just because I'm not signed to an agency or like some international famous model doesn't mean I'm not a good model. Like, like at right. modeling. So, um, I worked with this lady who is great and she had submitted because like some some not all photographers but some photographers you like sign a little thing that's like oh like you know if we said can we submit photos of you to a whatever a magazine or this or that and you're like yeah like i don't care whatever and she messaged me and she goes we got published and i'm like oh like i wasn't even trying to get published like that's great and um it was actually a miami based miami based magazine called vigor v-i-g-o-u-r and um i got published in a magazine and i remember it being kind of funny like like ironic to me because i was like i like how when i wasn't trying to to model seriously and whatever i just love how i was published in one when an agency I worked with basically said I was trash. So I was like, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of ironic and whatever. So of course I had to buy a copy and I framed it because like, it's not every day you get published in a magazine. I thought that was pretty right. cool. So I framed it. It's in my room. It's on my wall. All you bitches watching can, can say I'm vain. Yes, I am. You're very right. Accurate. So you're very observant. <laughs> um, and yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. So I am very into it. I think that we are really lucky, like people our ages. I think yeah. we're lucky that we grow up in a time period where you can actually document like yourself throughout the years. I mean, it's, it's so, it's, it's so, so, so sad. Like my mom, who is a professional ballerina at Boston LA, yeah. she has like two pictures of her in her ballet getup and like zero footage of her doing ballet. And I think that that's so sad. So I like to document like, this is me this year. This is me this year. This is me this yeah. year. And um, have you ever seen any of those TikToks? That's like um, when your friend turns 30 or 40 or whatever, and they do like a funeral themed birthday party. Have you seen those? 
<laughs> no, that sounds amazing though. It's hilarious. It's like it's like the person who turns 30 or whatever, like it like they are the ones that are planning it. They like tell all their friends like wear black, like bring pearls, bring tissues, like like and, and they'll do like a TikTok of like the they'll have signs everywhere, like like a poster of them on the wall and it'll say like rest in peace. But it's like <laughs> it's a it's a joke to be like, you know, like you've you've hit a milestone and like the friends like pretend yeah. to cry. It's like it's funny. I plan on doing one of those. I'm gonna have a funeral themed birthday party when I'm 30. I always plan. I'm, I, I always think ahead, and um, I do photo shoots. I do multiple photo shoots per year, like multiple a year. Um, so yeah. I, I have I have professional pictures of me um, taken from every year in my 20s. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put like one picture from each year, like blow it up and put it on the wall and like have like numerically, it's going to go like 20, 21, 22, like all the way yeah. to 29. And then where 30 is, it's just going to be like a skeleton and crossbones. And like, that'll just be that <laughs> be, like, a funeral themed birthday party just to be funny. So yeah. Yeah. I'm just documenting those twenties moments while I still got them, you know? <laughs> First of all, I'm just going to put this out. When Andrew said that he's vain, so the fuck am I. Anyone in entertainment likes pictures of themselves. And let's be clear, if when you see a photo posted on my Instagram, you know I edit it the way that I don't, that I want it to be. Like, anytime there's pictures of me that are not edited to my satisfaction, you will never see them. Yeah. Well, what's also funny is it's like, <laughs> If you're an entertainer at all, like, doesn't everyone realize you, like, being vain is kind of an essential? <laughs> you, like, I mean, you don't have to be a bitch. I mean, there's a huge difference between being, like, confident type of vain versus, like, cunt. But, like, you you, you have to be vain to an extent if you're to, to do the projects and perform and all that shit. Like, you have to be. Well, to the point of my sister... As I said, I brought up the positive note earlier. I'm going to bring up a negative point now. So, like, she said when I started doing drag, she's like, you're just doing drag for attention. It's like, it's not just for attention, but it's like, duh, of course I want attention. Every performer <laughs> wants attention. I just I found another way to get it. I love that Instagram, like, audio that's used for that reel. It's like, uh, you're just posting that for attention. Uh, yeah, bitch, I am. <laughs> yeah. Like, no shit. I mean, of course, this was before TikTok because I started. This will just show you how much of a difference in age we are. It's not much, but it's like I started performing in 2015 when I was 21. Okay, so I turned 21 and so you're three years older than me. Yeah. So you're 29. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 26, 29. Oh my God, girl, you're about to have your funeral party. No, I just turned 29. Okay, so you've got a year to plan it. Yeah. <laughs> Send me an invite. I'll help decorate. I'll, um, yeah, no, 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 no. That's so funny. Yeah, I'm being the youngest of five. So my the second year, so all my siblings are in their 30s except for me and my brother Daniel. But Daniel is going to be turning 29 in December. So he, he's going to be like your age. And um, yeah. I always knew this day was going to come numerically, mathematically. And I yeah, always told right. I always told my siblings, I can't wait for like the years because I'm two years younger than the second youngest. Yeah. Um, 
they will all be in their 30s and I'll still be in my 20s for two magical years. And when I tell you I'm going to bring it up every five seconds and milk that, I'm just going to milk it. I'm just going to milk it as long as I can. Or just start lying. That's what I'm, I'm planning on doing at some point. No. Actually, actually I, I love how I say it. I'm doing that now. I am actually 29. I told you the truth. Like, yeah. Anyone I'm <laughs> anyone I'm, anyone I'm interested in, I lie to them. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm too. I think I don't know. Maybe it's just the Aquarius in me. I I just I'm very I'm very transparent and like an open book. I'm too. I just own it. I'm like. I, but here's the thing. Even if I hate my age, I'll still say it. I'll be like, you know, pretend I'm like 40. I'll be like, I'm fucking 40, and I fucking hate it. Like, I'll, I'll own yeah. it still. I just, I just, I'm too, I'm too, it's that JLo song, because I'm real. <laughs> yeah. I'm jo I'm joking, although I will say to the toxic gays out there who think, oh, they can't be attractive if they're over 25. Bleh, you're gross. Well, I guess I'm losing, y'all, because I'm 26, so. Because that, that is the thing, and I'm like, and I'm like, bitch. It's like, you're, tw you're 24 and you're saying that, it's like. You almost there, motherfucker. Like, I try really hard. This is my one of my toxic traits. I try, but but the thing is, it can, it can be a good thing, but it can be a bad thing. I try really hard every year to be better, like a better, like you know, better dancing every year, like yeah, stronger, like work out of the gym, like get bigger every year. Like, I try really hard and. Knock on wood, I don't want to jinx it, but so far I've been succeeding. I have been getting better every year. Um, I'm just gonna keep trying. I'm gonna keep trying. There will be there will be an Asia hit where it's just like, no, you peaked, fam, you peaked. But I have not peaked yet. And if I have peaks right now, then this is the best peak I've hit. <laughs> See, that's honestly the way I look at it because it's like, I will say this as someone. This is why when I say all the things of like how to look at the positive in the life, it's like, it's like, as I said, I've been locked in a mental institution. I've been I've, I've been suicidal twice and I've been sexually assaulted twice. There ain't nothing you can fucking throw at me. Yeah. 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 I've, I've been through, I've been through it all. There's nothing at this point in time I really can't handle, especially something that happened with me some something the worst thing that's happened in my adult years happened to me last year and um it was the hardest thing i've ever been through and it was just it just further validated and further emphasized what you're saying i'm just like it, just throw anything throw anything at me it's yeah. fine like it's fine after after what happened last year i was like i'm just invincible i'm invincible Throw it at me. It's fine. And work. That's I, could how have, you... I could have my doctor tell me right now, like, you have three days left to live. And I would be like, so on Tuesday, I'm thinking, um, I didn't just keep it moving. Yeah. I literally wouldn't care. And not because I don't care to live. Like, let's not get it twisted. It's, yeah. It's because when you've been through the shit we've been through, just nothing phases you anymore. And it's yeah. really... It's it's a sign of 
strength actually like like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger so if you've yeah. been something really bad when you go through other things that are bad you just you just handle it i don't know you just right. handle it. it's not like i would be popping confetti for those three days but like yeah i'm not gonna be like not i would live those three days the fuck up <laughs> exactly and it's like yeah. the thing i'm glad about is like i'm glad i lived to see myself I would say, arguably, do something successful. Because, like, yeah, that's why when some people say, like, why'd you start a podcast? It's like, well, in music, I would, most people would call theoretically failed. So I'm like, let's try something else. Well, also, if anyone wants to, um, to give you shit for that, I mean, this is evidence right now on this podcast of it being successful. Because I love, I am a people person. And... Yeah. I've had, you're like the third person who's asked me to do a podcast and I always say yes. I'm like, absolutely. I love it. I love talking about art. I love talking about, you know, different things that we both can relate to. And it's, I love connecting with people. Exactly. So that's, and that's, and that's what life is really about at the end of the day. When you strip away the fucking shows and the makeup and the everything, it's like, you know, life's about the people, you know, and whether they're good people or not. And if you surround yourself with good people, then that's a successful life. Exactly. So being bisexual, do you constantly get attitudes from everyone like outside of the bisexual community? Do you like, like attitudes from like gay people or do you mean like? Yes. People? Yes. Well, cause I've had a, bis I've had a bisexual person who's like said, like you get straight, you get shit from both straight and gay people being bisexual. Is that kind um, of, yeah, I would say gay people are usually more chill about it. Um, but Ooh, really? Yeah. For, well, from my experience so far, yeah. like I, I, for me, I actually you get most shit from straight people who like just don't get it, and they'll be like, they'll be like, whatever. Well, you'll figure out which one you are eventually, and it's like, um. It's not like that. Um, one of my really good friends, she just got married to a guy and she's bisexual and she posted something during Pride Month that was like, just a reminder, like it was like a bisexual visibility post. It was like, just yeah. a reminder, if you're dating the opposite sex, that doesn't still mean you don't like the same sex. It just means you're taken, like you're committed to someone yeah. else. And yeah, so I, I'd say I get shit from that. And what I think is really funny is... Um, it also is just my area. I mean, you know, mind you, like I live in, you know, New Hampshire, Southern New Hampshire. I mean, I live right outside of the city and I work in, yeah. I work in Mass and New Hampshire, but um, it's so funny because I match with girls like all the time on all the apps and girls get so weird about like being with a guy that's bisexual. And I don't know why, because it's like, why'd you swipe right on me then? Like, I don't get it. Like, it's in my bio, like it's, you know, whatever. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I think that it's being biased really can be really difficult because like it is, it is kind of hard for people to understand that you're just fluid in, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, but I don't know. I'd say gay people so far have been like the most chill regarding that. I haven't really, I haven't, haven't really had a experience with an LGBTQ person that's like weird about it. 
But I feel okay. Well, that's also kind of, I would say, your quote unquote luxury of living in the north versus if like the person I was talking about lives in like Austin, Texas, and it's like, well, yeah, it's the south. Of course, people are closed minded. That's why I hate the south. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, listen, it's not all sunshine and rainbows up here, too. I yeah. mean, like, it's, I mean, I will say Massachusetts, as I said earlier, is super yeah. progressive. I mean, it was the first state to legalize gay marriage, but um, right. in New Hampshire, though, I mean, literally crossing the border, which is right here, like I'm right on the border, crossing the yeah. border is literally like a whole different world. Um, yeah, people are really close-minded in New Hampshire. In New Hampshire, yeah. it's. And I mean, New Hampshire is very like um, Bud Light, guns, Republican state. So... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why I'm like, I don't know so much, babe, about luxury of the north. I would say if I lived in, I mean, it, it literally is that crazy. Like, like ask any New Englander. I mean, like the difference between New Hampshire and Mass. Like straight up, the difference is wild. Like the moment you cross the border, it's like crossing into a whole different place. Um, but for the most part comparatively to the south like com comparatively new hampshire compared to the south might as well be like fucking la you know what i mean like like comparatively yeah. obviously it's it's much better and much more accepting um because of how close it is to mass and like all that but then you do have your new hampshire hicks that are like fuck mass and fuck you know that and like live free or die and like all that you know yeah, I don't get people who, like, see, this is my thing, and maybe this is just, I feel like state pride is more like something that straight people do, because, like, I don't have any pride in Florida. When people say, like, you're from Florida, I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm like, yes, I unfortunately, I, I fortunately came from the generation before they started, like, trying to ban books, so, like, I actually know something. <laughs> um, Yeah. I was I was born in Mass and kind of raised around Mass, so I get yeah. to luckily say like born in Mass and I love Mass. But um, yeah. but I did grow up in New Hampshire, and that's definitely not something I brag about at all. Definitely not a bragging moment. I'm not like, oh yeah, it's the best here. No, it's like it's like saying it's like yeah. Of course, who would love to proudly say like what gay person except for idiots would love to say like I'm proudly near Trump country? Ew. Exactly. Yeah. So, what's your dating life been like? <laughs> um, my dating life has been very interesting. Um, I was dating this girl for almost six months. It was like five months on the dot. Um, broke up with her in April. Um. It was na it was a nasty, nasty, nasty breakup. Let's just say the Cliff Note edition is I handled it in the most civil way anyone could. Like, I wish you the best. There were definitely special moments, like kind of validating that, like, I don't regret the relationship, which is true. I don't regret it because I've learned a yeah. lot. But you know, I, I was very, very um I was very civil about it. I was like, you know. I valued a lot of moments. I don't regret it. I wish you the best. Like it was so friendly and just that. And the reaction was, and to this day, hat like it's still happening, has 
very explosive. <laughs> um, the sodium levels are very high. Um, not on my part. I mean, I already moved on, but clearly she yeah. Um, she has not moved on at all. Um, I can't get too much into it, but what I will say is that it it's still affecting my life to this day. That's all I'll say. I, not, I mean, me and her don't don't have contacts. Once she started like flipping and talking shit about me and like putting shit on social media and shit, like I just for my own mental health, I just like blocked her on everything because I was like, listen. Right. I was trying to be civil and yeah. you're kind of feeding into that stereotypical crazy ex-girlfriend thing that is a false stereotype that people just like splatter on all women as being like overly emotional and over this and over that. But I was like, yeah. you're kind of feeding into that narrative right now. You're not really doing yourself a favor. But um, how is, I haven't dated anyone since. Um, People ask me all the time, especially because I came out as bi like recently, but they'll be like, you know, do you see yourself like marrying a guy or marrying a girl? Or like, do you see yourself, do you see your next relationship with a guy or girl? You know, it's one of those things where, and I don't, I'm not speaking for all bi people. I would love to talk to some other bi people and have them enter the chat and tell me what they think. Yeah. But for me personally, I don't fall for just the looks. I fall for their personality and if I vibe with them or not, like the vibe. Right. Um, like, obviously it looks matter to me to an extent. They're not the, all that matters, but you know, they matter. Yeah. Like I take really good care of myself. Like I, I'm very healthy and I live a healthy lifestyle. I could never date anyone who didn't take their health really seriously because it would just like, you know, I want, I want someone who's also very active and you know, whatever, but right. that's not my, that's not, that's not the main thing that makes a relationship work for me. For right. me, literally, it's just on the vibe. Like if if if, it, if the vibes are right and like the conversation's good, conversation leads to sparks, sparks lead to light the match, light the match leads to sex, sex leads to either nowhere or it leads to like a great vibe, like a mega yeah. vibe. And then I kind of go from there. I don't just like to, when it comes to dating, mm -hmm. I don't jump in bed with someone. I like to vibe first. Like I need to, I need to vibe. I need to see, I'm like, I don't know. Do I even like being around you? Like, I don't know. Like. Right. I mean, I totally get that. First of so all, my dating life right now is kind of non-existent. I haven't, I haven't even been on a date since the breakup. I mean, that doesn't mean I haven't still been, you know, getting it, but I haven't like, haven't had a date since then. So my dating yeah. life is, uh, pretty sterile right now it's pretty pretty not happening first of all same my my dating life i i would love to say i have amazing stories no i have two tragic stories so <laughs> I've, I've been in i've only been in two relationships i've been in one that lasted a year and one that lasted a month the one that lasted a year was with somebody who's now a woman. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was actually part of the catalyst that like caused us to break up because we were living together. 
Right. And they were going on hormones and not telling me about it. Right. And then, like, all of a sudden, I got a note with a key in the door saying, basically, I'm transitioning. I know you won't accept me for who I am, which she wasn't wrong about. Like, I was very close-minded to that. If I had, if I was with somebody now who was, like, transitioning, I'd be a little bit more open at the time. I was like, no, we're breaking up if you're transitioning. Well, listen, and no matter what anyone wants to say, I mean, sometimes I think we get caught up in the greater scheme politics of it all based on, yeah. like, your personal preference. If yeah. something doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. I don't care right. if it, you know, that doesn't make you the bad person at all. Like, no. a relationship is two people, people, okay? It takes yeah. two people. If one's not feeling it, doesn't matter the reason it's not going to work out. Right. That's the first one. Second one, I did the stupid thing, which again, I'll point out to the audience. Do not get in a relationship right after you break up with somebody. That's fucking dumb. Yeah. I did that. That was the one that lasted a month. So here's the thing. Being a thicker bitch, I have predominantly been with black and Latino guys. The guy I was in a relationship with for a month was white probably what turned me off from the whole experience like yeah with somebody which, which once again people we all have our preferences okay we yeah. all what, what our cup of tea um i've had only and this and this is always funny i've only had one boyfriend ever and i've only had one girlfriend ever and both of them were black and i've never dated a white person well, I dated the wrong type of white person. But because it, well, yeah. But that doesn't mean that, like, I wouldn't. It's just, like, not necessarily, like, my first choice. <laughs> you know. Well, well, this is something I didn't find out till we were breaking up. They were apparently racist, which... Awesome. Great. Because, literally, as they were yelling, like... They, they literally, I'm not going to say the word, but they said, all you ever want is that N-word dick. And I'm like, I'm like, motherfucker, we are in the hood. What the, because I've, I've, I lived in the hood when I was in Orlando. It's like, what the fuck are you saying? It's like. That's, yeah, that's crazy. I don't know, fam. That's a lot. That's a lot to unpack. Uh, so wait, um, how many relationships have you been in? That would, those would be the two. So we've both only been in two? Yeah. Wow, that's kind of funny. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I'm I'm very um I'm very not patient. I'm not a patient person. Um I don't enter any relationship if I don't see like if I if I don't see like any longevity to it. Yeah. Because I don't have time for that because I'm impatient. So like the reason I've only had two relationships is because like I'd never enter one if I don't see it going anywhere. Because I've never been one of those people that just like is dating just because they can or just because whatever. And I think also like being the youngest of five, I've watched all four of my siblings just like filter through a laundry list of people. <laughs> and I've always just like, you know, I, as the youngest, you're kind of the watcher. I've just watched and I've just kind of been like, 
I don't know. I think I'm just going to really not do that. But that, listen, but that doesn't mean I'm saying I'm like better than them or anything because you know what? I'm sure I've filtered through a lot more partners sexually than they have. Because, you oh. know, how how can you not be dating all these years and, you know, you're still getting it in. You're just not getting it in with the same person. <laughs> so there's kind of, you know, there's pros and cons to, to everything. And um, I will say, <laughs> so the, me and my boyfriend only dated for like three months. Yeah. And then I dated for like almost six, but not, it was five. Yeah. Like, at least I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep aiming for like two months past the last. So we're at, we were at we we're at three. Now we're at five. Hopefully next time we're at. Seven. Um, anyway, um, I will say. The it's it's really hard. I, I agree. I think anyone jumping into a relationship after one ends is really dumb, um, especially because like, the best sex I've ever had in my life was with both of my only two part, like boyfriend, girlfriends, because it definitely, it hits different when you're in a relationship. It really does. Like you can have the hottest hookup, the hottest threesome, the hottest this, the hottest that, you know, whatever. But it does hit so differently if you're like dating them. So I will say like, it's been hard. It's been hard coming out of that relationship. Because like, I don't know, like you just get like, you know, you're just used to, you're used to like your person. And I'm like, you know, and I know not every bisexual person is like this, but I'm, yeah. I'm the monogamous type. Like if I'm dating someone, I'm very, very much like monogamous um, and very like committed. And like the thing is, and I don't even, and people people ask me this too. They'll be like, oh, if you're dating a girl, like, do you find yourself like missing guys? Or oh, if you're dating a guy, do you find yourself missing girls? Whatever. I think it's a shallow question to ask. I think shallow and just unintelligent. Cause right. it's, it's like, I don't say to a straight person, I don't say to my girlfriends when you're dating a guy, oh, like, do you ever not want to sleep with another guy? Like, <laughs> That question, we, we don't ask questions like that. So I think it's kind yeah. of stupid, but um, to answer that dumb question, no, I, I, I genuinely, I genuinely never once thought about doing that. We'll see. Cause I'm, you know, when I'm committed, I'm committed, but then once right. I'm not very much not. <laughs> yeah. See, I've never done so okay, you said the best sex is with somebody you're date you're dating. I'm gonna disagree with that because like I would say the best sex I've had it's actually been with two different people. One of them is my friends with benefits right now, which oh work. okay. Work yeah. snaps, snaps, snaps. And then the other one is so in the relationship with the trans ex, we were actually like in an open relationship through that time and one of them is with by the way kids i'm not a role model one of them was with a crackhead like <laughs> oh my god because they were the first person to like eat my ass and i'm like it's like when it was happening it was like weird for two seconds and all of a sudden i'm like oh i like this 
See, and that's what I that's what that, I told her. Her, I'm like, okay, we're doing this from now on. Like, the, I like this. Um, in hour two, hour one is all about like healing and past traumas and whatever. And then hour two is like, and then that's when I liked my assy. Like, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> we do. Hour two is the adult adult section, and hour one is like, you know, have your knitting and have the Bible close and like, you know, and then I healed from that, and then like, um. Yeah, uh, listen, do each own, and yeah, I'm I'm glad that you had that experience. I, I'm it's funny because I'm so the opposite in real life that than people think I am on social media or even just like meeting me once in person, like being a stripper and a pole dancer and like you know modeling and like whatever i just i think and being bi like i think people think that i would be super whorish or just like mm -hmm. yeah 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 and and the thing is like i get it like it's stereotyping like like we do it we stereotype in our own community like, like people stereotype stereotyping is not just a lgbtq thing we do it with everyone you know um, we see like a woman who's like trying to return something and we're like, oh, she's probably a Karen. Meanwhile, she probably absolutely isn't. We're just like, you know, going there. But it's like, I get it. Like, but the funny thing is like, when you actually get to know me, I'm very much a hopeless romantic. Like I love romance. Yeah. I love like, I love the cheesy shit. You know, the shit that people are like, oh yeah, like you're so vanilla. I, guys, if like, roses and like candlelight and like music playing and like slow non-pounding sex if that's vanilla then i'm vanilla spice okay because i love all of that shit um i don't know yeah I i'm very much like career wise and you know personality wise like very up here and i think people just expect that but I don't know. I'm very, I'm very sensitive when it comes to like love and like stuff like that. Like I'm, I'm very, I'm very emotional and very much more of a, I don't know, not slut. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Which, okay. So wait. Hold on, I'm doing the math here. Hold on. So, you said you lost your virginity at 18, right? Yeah, to a guy. Yeah. That would be the difference. The first time I started doing stuff, so, like, I did not, like, blow a guy till I was, like, 21. Oh, my God. I did not top till I was 22, and I did not bottom till I was 23. So, I'm making up for lost time. <laughs> yes. No time like the present, babe. No time like the present. But it's like now in some ways it's like I it's weird to say this. It's like I kind of am monogamous because I'm only having sex with my friends with benefits. And we're it's that would turn into a relationship if we both didn't have different goals. Right. Yeah. Like they want to stay in Florida, I want to leave. Like I literally it's like it's it's funny you're saying that because I actually have a friends with benefits going on as well right now. And that actually would turn into something if we didn't have different goals also. So yeah, it's funny how that happens sometimes. Like sometimes it's just like, you know, not in the cards. And it's as long as you both are chill with it and you're like, 
Yeah. You know, it is what it is. And it's, you know, I, I don't know. I think also for me, like I, especially coming out of a relationship, you know, of course yeah. you don't have a relationship necessarily right away, but also you don't want to be like just sleeping with everyone right away either. Yeah. So I, me, the friends with benefits has kind of been working out. Cause like, I still get my, I still get off, but like, yeah. In a controlled trust, trusting environment. Yeah. Yeah. It's like from being vulnerable with just like one person for like that long. Not like guys and whoever's like laughing like five months isn't that long. Listen, bitches. Okay, listen right now. Five months for me might as well have been five years. Okay, because like when when you have not dated that your whole life that long, yeah. and then all of a sudden you date someone for five months, like that. Is, that is, it feels like a long time to someone who doesn't do that. You know, like it's, you know, if you know, you know, and if you're out there, like you're just crazy. Well, you're right. I am a little crazy, but the pretty ones always are honey. Okay. The pretty ones are always crazy. <laughs> yes. Um, fucking cat, okay. Well, it's you want, also, you want a normal, you know, you want a normal, whatever, marry the fucking tech guy next door or whatever. Marry your cable guy. I don't know. It's also like in terms of like, as I say this, in terms of like, well, granted, five months with you was with the girl, so that weird. Um, but it's like, in terms of like queer people, if you're in a relationship for longer than I don't know, yeah, two, two, three months, like you've already yeah. like exceeded you're like, goals. You're like, okay, so the wedding. No, you're totally right. You're totally right. Yeah, relationships in the LGBTQ community are hilarious. I saw like the funniest meme the other day that was like, gay culture is like starting to date after like you just came inside the, the, the guy or whatever. And I was like, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, like it's, it's, um, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, cause don't, cause obviously I understand both sides. I mean, I, yeah. I get, um, but yeah, like me and my boyfriend at the time, it started with just a hookup. It was a hookup. And then we were like, oh, whatever. And then it kind of goes there. It is kind of funny how that ends, that, how that goes like that versus with me and my ex-girlfriend, we started as friends and then that, like platonic friends, then that yeah. turned that. See, I'll go with the trans ex. The trans ex, again, lasted a year, but I did not have sex with them for three months. So like... Eek. That kind of well, I mean, but it worked. We lasted a year. Yeah, so like nine months. Yeah, so like versus the guy I was with a month, we had sex immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And it ended. So like maybe there is something to waiting. You know, it's kind of funny because it's like you never know what's gonna happen in life and I feel like with all relationships, you have to take the good with the bad. And the thing is, there is no perfect person that's gonna be the perfect person that like you never fight with, you never listen, you never that. I yeah. get that, I get that. But the good has to outweigh the bad. And for right. me, my personal opinion, the bad was outweighing the good for me with my ex-girlfriend. And, and and the other thing is like, when you break up with someone, just because you're the one who 
cut things off doesn't make it easier on you, like emotionally and like dealing with the fallout, especially, especially when you handled it so amicably and civilly and then it still blew up. Cause then it's like, shit, I should have just like been a savage and like fucking, you know, race you across the coals. I got the same result. Like I might as well have. See, the only way it feels, it feels like good to you is like, so I've had one other relationship that like, so the, those two times I got like broken up with the one time I ended something with myself, I was never really like into the guy, but I had like low self-esteem. So I went with the first guy who like was seen interested in me mm. again, again, problem. Problem, children. Don't do that. Yeah. But that's... It's because, like, as I say, through my body insecurities, it's like not being the norm and, like, being a bigger person, you have to deal with so much. You have to deal with, like, the bullshit of, like, giving yourself the completely unrealistic weight. So, like, I'm six foot three. In my mind, I thought, you should weigh 150 pounds. I'm also 6'3". Yeah. Yeah. But there is no... Well, then you know it. There's no fucking way that's, like, at all possible for, like, that to be healthy at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That's, like, impossible. I weigh, I weigh 191. Hmm. I don't know. I stopped paying attention. Like, listen, no judge, no judging, yeah. a free zone. Um, I don't weigh myself all the time. I do like monthly check-ins. I do like once yeah. a because I think it's good. To, at least for me, I think it's good to just yeah. keep my like fitness progress because that's how I like track. Like you know, yeah, track that. But um, are there any other questions you have for me before we close this bitch out? Yeah. Because we're at the two hour mark and I'm like, shit, I still have to make dinner. I still got a shower. <laughs> so, sorry, girl. I like to talk. Um, girl, girl, why are you apologizing? I've been, I've been partaking and initiating. I also like to talk when you put two talkers together an hour each, two hours. Yeah. Then where That's am I going to go? Okay. I'll go with the last question then. So what's the biggest misconception about you? <laughs> oh my god that has to be one of the best questions i've ever been asked um <laughs> oh my god there's the thing is and you know what i'm just gonna say it's a blessing and a curse because as chris jenner would say all press is good press um i am definitely one of those people and my, you know, my mom is the same way. I feel like I get this from my mom. I I always leave my mark, whether that's a good thing or bad thing. Like I always leave an impression on people, whether that's a good good to them or bad to them. I'm kind of hard to forget, and um, I you know, anytime I see those quotes, that's like if you have a lot of haters, you're doing something right. I sure as hell hope that's true because I have a lot. Um, yeah. I think the biggest misconception, I don't even have one answer. There's so many, like there's, I, there's 
there's so many. I don't know. I for a long time they probably still do. I don't know. Like my, I'll I'll just start with my family. We'll start with family and then like society. My. Yeah. Like, not my immediate family, like, not my siblings and mom. I mean, they did for years as well. Like, let's talk about that. They also, they thought this for years. But, like, my cousins, aunts, you know, extended family, they think I'm literally on drugs. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's because they're all Catholic and, like, religious and, like, there's, like, oh, you, you know what I mean? Like, you would turn into, like, that cousin that's, like, the pole dancer cousin. And it's, yeah. like, they all think that I'm literally on crack. So <laughs> I never have done drugs ever. And I never plan to. The thing is, when you're a serious competitive athlete, even if you, even if I had curiosity to try them, you can't risk ruining your, your profession and your, your, your athleticism. So like, even yeah. if I, Curiosity, I still want it and I don't have curiosity. So the point is I never have, never will. But it's hilarious because they all think that I am like, and the thing is my mom literally, my mom corroborated this. She like told me, I like was talking to her about this a few years ago. And she was like, she was like, yeah, like my sister, like my aunt, she was like, she definitely thinks you like do stuff. And yeah. And I'm like, you know, in a Catholic household, forget pole dancer. If you're just fun i guess you're on crack so there's that um but no now socially what, what what do i feel like people think of me um i think socially the biggest misconception is that i'm i feel like you could i could either use the word a bitch or just self-absorbed i don't i don't know I, well i feel like they both go hand in hand i feel like one right they, same thing i would say that's the biggest misconception because like any of my friends could corroborate i'm very very down to earth i'm very um i don't care what your job is i don't care like what you do i like i i don't i, I think people think that i'm very that and like i don't know i really don't judge i have friends who have made a lot of interesting decisions throughout the years and like the thing is if you are friends with someone you you're sure if they ask you like what's your opinion about xyz like should i have done this or should i do this like yeah if they ask for your opinion you can give it but yeah. i don't i don't judge my friends and like i um i'm a lot harder on myself than i think people who follow me think i am i think people who follow me think i just like have the perfect life and you know i think i'm the best and i just have it all together you know it's kind of to echo what I was saying earlier. Like my goal in life is to get better and to better myself each year. And that's what I try to do. Oh, lost you. Okay. You're back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, but, yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I think that, I think that what people don't realize who follow me is I think that they think that I think I'm just like the best pole dancer and the best model and the best of this. And I just, you know, I have my life yeah. so glamorous and whatever. Um, 
kind of to echo on something I was said earlier, I mean, it couldn't be further from the truth. I'm actually very, very hard on myself. Um, yeah. And to echo what I said earlier, every year I try to talk myself. And I'm not just talking about vanity, like my looks or my whatever. Like I'm talking like maturity. I, I try to get, I try to mature more and more every year. I try to, to grow from mistakes I've made. I try to, I try my hardest to stray from that false pretense notion that people have of me of, of being the bitch or being the whatever, like yeah. actively try to not display that or, or, or like leave anyone thinking that because it couldn't be further from the truth. The other thing is when you are the youngest of five kids, I don't know any youngest of five kids that even has an opportunity to have some God complex, self-absorbed, whatever. It, I mean, think about how many years it's about like the, it's about the older kids. Like we have to go to the older kids soccer game. We have to go to the older kids college. We have to go to the older kids thing. You know, the, yeah. this the college, you know, I'm like, I was like the last priority in my family for like spotlight attention. So it's kind of comical. I'm like, dude, th th you know, when you're the youngest, there's no room for that. There's no room for a Regina George attitude. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd say that's the, probably, you know, I bet the amount of people, you know, I'll never forget it. I mean, she said it to me like this yeah. was like two years ago. And I just remember saying to her, I was like, wow, like that was the biggest backhanded compliment I've ever received. But also I laughed it off because I already know that this is how people view me. I'll never forget. I was hanging out with this one coworker I had and we had never hung out outside of work. And yeah. we were just talking like people. And I was just talking. And I remember she said to me, she was like, <laughs> she like, she like didn't mean it cunty, but it was, it came across so cunty. She was like, wow, like, you have so much depth and like sympathy and like, you know, humanity to you that like not a lot of people I bet see. And I was like, that was so sweet. Um, <laughs> because it's like, yeah. it, it's kind of echoing what I'm saying. Like, like, I'm like, no, I'm just a person. And I, I definitely have never said once in my life and never will say, I have my shit together. I know exactly what I'm doing. I think we are all in very different ways every day, even the most successful of us. I think every single day we're trying to just fucking survive another day in this world and just try our hardest and that's all anyone can do. But yeah, Lo great question, loaded question. I'm like, how do we even answer that question? Um, but that would, that would be, that would be my answer. So for me, I'll ask this question really quick. Yeah. Some people, I would say based on some of my interviews, which say that I'm a little bit shady, I'm not shady. I'm blunt. I'm very blunt too. So I love blunt. I love blunt. Because literally, for example, and like it was my third interview I ever did with somebody. I'm friends with this person now. They live in LA and I literally asked them, I'm like, so my last question is, and I am asking this because you live in LA. Do you have real friends? And just to see their face, like literally have to cover their mouth for like laughing so hard. <laughs> and it's like, I look at that and I'm like, I'm like, how did I think that was an appropriate question to ask somebody? Like, 
Well, the thing is, I think I, I think because I think that I have the same type of mentality you have. Like I'm just blunt too. I don't even think that was shady. I think that was a real question. And I and if that was me, I would have answered it real. Like I wouldn't have gotten yeah. and like, yeah. And I have this friend from this and this. Friend. Like I don't yeah. know. I'm very, I'm a straight shooter. So I, I, I would, I think that's a great question. I think you should ask it again. <laughs> Love I, it. Well, well, I have a nicer way of asking it now. I, I ask it the way I turn it into was being in LA. Do you find it difficult to develop genuine friendships? That's a nice soft way of landing it. Up. I don't like much. I like the first way. So you want me to be a bitch? Like, yeah, well, I don't, I don't consider, I don't consider being that a, I don't consider that being a bitch. I think it's, I, it's blunt. And once again, this is why I, a lot of people think I'm a bitch because I'm really, <laughs> and if being blunt makes me a bitch, then I guess I'm a bitch, guys. Well, but okay. You asked the wrong person that question. They exit <laughs> out the interview. Yeah. That's the True. only thing I think of. So, yeah, I, I guess when you, when you're the the interviewer, you have to be more peace. But I don't know. I personally loved it. I thought it was kind of <laughs> <laughs> work. Anyway, so okay. How about last question for you before we go is who is your favorite guest been and why? Ooh, I actually have a top five, so I can definitely tell you who the. The um okay yeah top five ever I do have a list of that so like my favorite guest well okay here's a question do I do you want to know who I've met or who I or like somebody I've interviewed that I know just what was your favorite interview with someone with someone that that you did not know of course like a new person okay so yeah someone you um, yeah. So that would be my in the number two position. Their name is DeMilo. They're a um musician, painter, model, OnlyFans content creator. They were so chill. They were on the show um for the love of Delphs. <laughs> they were they're on the show one episode and they were portrayed as the asshole in the show. Great. When I met them, I'm like that's so edited because like they are super chill and nice and like I listen to their interviews all the time. They're non-binary. That's why I'm saying that. They, they they um it's it's literally one that I listen to at least twice a day, just because like especially their second interview, they went into like some escorting stories that were like so funny, and I'm like I love this. Oh, I'm, but, sure. I'm sure that's hilarious. Yeah, but like, now, this is what I have to say. I know we are going to go. I'm going to make this quick. There's like certain people were like, I've gotten like friend vibes from. Like, like you seem someone like that I could be friends with. Like, uh huh. And, and then there's other people that like, some of it feels like so forced. Right. That I'm like, I hate when things like are like awkward and tensioned, and like, it's like we didn't have a chance. But again, as I say, anyone I've gone to, like over two hours with, chances are there's somebody I could like interview again. Like, 
Yeah. Clearly. Well, I mean, this is just another example yeah. of, of, of your question about like, you know, like false impressions of people. I think that like, I think a lot of people would think that I would be very just like about everything, but I don't know. I'm once it, maybe it's just, maybe it's what we have in common. It's the trauma. It's trauma bonding. <laughs> You're like, totally. I, story. I'm like, me too. Like, <laughs> but that's how it should be. Like, that's why I hate. Now I told you a positive thing. I'll tell you one thing I can't stand. I can't stand people who think that they're above doing anything. Yeah. Like anyone who's asked me for money, they haven't been on here because I don't pay guests because I want, especially like you've seen how I do this. I open up to people so much. I don't want to pay you to sit here and be fucking fake. Like I would never, I would never not agree to do a podcast. I think they're so fun. I think they're fun and interactive. And once again, I'm a people, yeah. I'm a people person and, and I'm, I'm always flattered. Anyone who asks me to do a podcast, I'm flattered. I'm like, I love that you think I'm interesting. And I would, I'm interested in talking. So I love yeah. it. And I did offer you a time slot. See, this is the thing. I was stupid. I usually offer guests an hour and a half time slots. So that way, when I go into this territory like this, I'm kind of good. But I'm like, I don't know. I thought an hour would be enough time. Apparently not. <laughs> well, I probably. Would have been if we if it was just very interview-esque questions and that was it. But then once we started getting into like our personal shit, all that yeah. which once again, I'm an open book, so like I don't care. I've actually thought my mom my mom always jokes with me, she's like, You should just write a book. I'm like, Yeah, but like everyone writes books. Like that's not anything new. No, like pop literally, if anyone has like a story. Doing podcasts is, like, a great thing because I'm on – okay, so, like, unlike some people who just, like, label episodes to, like, 6,000 of, like, their podcasts, mm -hmm. I, split, I, split, I split mine up into seasons. So, like, season one was all me by myself sitting behind a microphone doing everything. Season two, I started that way, and then I've, like, towards the beginning, I think I got, like, eight episodes in, and I'm, like – I'm, like – I'm tired of telling my stories. I need to go talk to somebody else. Yeah. So from then on, and like now I'm on season three. I think it's great. Keep doing you. Keep doing you. And um, thank you for asking me to be on. Um, I had a great time and I'm glad we got to know each other more. And um, yeah, this was great. Yeah, definitely. I loved having you on. As I said, I will hopefully find time to have you back on again. And this time I'll actually give you two an hour time slot because chances are we'll just run that way anyway. So absolutely. <laughs> and with that being said, this is Gay Out the City. I'm your host, Prince Electro Diamond, and I hope you've enjoyed. <laughs>